Welcome, we're Phil and Jen, and this is season three, We Can Make Change. And this is episode 15, which is going to be the final episode of this season. You. Exciting. And this one we called a masterclass in growth with our friend Rob Bell. And um, we couldn't think of, we wrestled with what to name this (laughs) because the conversation went so many awesome ways. But I think this encapsulates it, a masterclass in growth. Yeah. Um, Before we jump into it, a couple of things. Uh, We've been talking about these coaching sessions that we're doing. Um, It's been fun. We've been doing coaching for marriage as well as parenting, as well as uh, spiritual growth and direction. And so if you're interested in that, you can explore those things at the site. Yeah. And obviously we know that our spirituality is ingrained in all these things. It's not, you can't really separate them out, but it it has been helpful, I think, to kind of name those categories. And focus more in on specifics. Also, we have some resources, which I'm excited about. We're going to have more coming soon up on the site, but we have just dropped our first self-guided marriage retreat, which is up on the site right now. Yeah. And this one is is geared around helping couples that are married be intentional and grow deeper together. And so we know that everybody wants to have a really good, exciting marriage. But in order to do that, we have to make intentional space and time to connect and to grow together. And the problem is that we often don't have time. And even if we do have the time, we aren't really sure exactly how to connect and what to do in those spaces. And that can actually get really frustrating. Yeah, it can be really overwhelming. And we believe that everyone has the possibility of having a thriving marriage, but we also understand that it's overwhelming to try and connect on a deeper level when you're like already disconnected or tired or, you know, there's a pandemic and you're just kind of trying to survive. And so we came up with this idea for a self-guided marriage retreat. And the idea is it's designed to take away all the challenges and the hassle of trying to come up with what to talk about, um, what to do, how do you try to go deeper together. And instead, it allows you to focus on each other and do it on your own terms. So like you book where you want to stay. You book when it's convenient for you. So here's how it works. First, you would go to the site and you would download the retreat. And it's packed full of um, a lot of stuff. It, there's six audio guides And they have content that would provide you with the tools that you would need to set up a progression of really meaningful discussions over the course of the weekend. There's even a talk on the Monday to kind of get you ready as you go throughout the course of the week and then talks throughout the course of the weekend that would set you up with really killer discussions. And there's also a retreat guide that goes with it that would um, kind of guide you through these topics of conversation. And there's even five of our favorite kind of most helpful exercises and tools that have helped us the most in our marriage draw close together. Yeah. And there's ideas for activities and just ways to really spice things up. And you can kind of take what you want, leave what you want, make it your own, which is the fun part. So secondly, what you do is you would pick out a weekend, put it on your calendar, book a place to stay, um, an Airbnb or hotel or whatever, or you could even stay at home. And we have options and ideas for how to do a really fun stay-at-home retreat weekend as well. And thirdly, you would follow the guide and really just allow it to lead you through the weekend. And it'll provide content and conversation starters and then lots of fun ideas just for strengthening and um, spicing up your marriage. Uh, You could also schedule a marriage coaching session somewhere in there. So like before setting you up for it or after, 
uh, debriefing, or even better yet, during the course of the weekend. And we could meet you via Zoom to uh, give like a personalized support and encouragement along the way. So uh, you can check that out at our site, philandjenwood.com. And now, as we wrap up our third season of We Can Make Change, a conversation with Rob Bell. Welcome to our podcast. It's, I mean, seriously, what an honor. Oh, we're so excited. <laughs> well, we're pumped that you are with us. I want to give you a proper introduction. I don't actually know that you need one, but for those who are listening, um, I'm, I'm going to take the beginning from your website just because I thought it was really well written. Rob Bell is the New York Times bestselling author of 11 books, including Drops Like Stars, Love Wins, and Everything is Spiritual. His podcast, The Robcast, was named by iTunes Best of 2015. He's toured with Oprah, been profiled in The New Yorker, and in 2011, Time Magazine named him one of the 100 most influential people in the world. I'm going to add a little more to that. Um, he founded a church that was the fastest growing church in American history. His books have constantly pushed the envelope and changed the landscape of how people see and think. He's a novelist, a playwright a screenwriter, the founding lead singer of the band Humans on the Floor. And he goes around the world on speaking tours every year. And he's also an incredible husband and partner to Kristen and father to three awesome kids. He likes really cool art. <laughs> he's my friend and my surfing buddy. For 10, year, 10 years. Do you know that? Yeah, we just did Is it 10 years? Oh, no. that's beautiful. I'm just so glad you told them that the second half of that you was you. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, because that'd be, yeah, you don't want to listen to that guy who said that. <laughs> did all that. Your part was really tight and you didn't say a lot. So I felt like I needed to add a little bit to it. Oh, 10 yeah. years. Fantastic. We're just so grateful for your friendship and just like the way that you have personally spoken into our lives. And especially in this last year, you've been such an amazing just mentor friend and we're just so grateful for you and we're grateful for you to be on right now too so we've had some um, good talks we, we have, have. And we've seriously we've gone we've gone after it we have and you've you've you and Kristen have given us courage and um even just not just through your words but being who you are and you guys have really like led the way in just so many so many ways so we're just so grateful for you really oh, thank you yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's very kind. Um, okay, we're doing this season. This is the third season of this podcast, and it's called um, We Can Make Change. And the idea is conversations, not only about how we grow and change, but also with people that are just making really beautiful changes in the world. And um, we've been really excited to have this conversation with you because it's, it's kind of a different perspective on that conversation. But you're always growing and changing. So I've known you for 10 years and you've grown and evolved and changed in so many ways. And most of the people that I know, uh, you've made a huge impact in their lives through your work, through your writing, through uh, what you do. And you've helped people develop these different lenses of spirituality and life and faith. And it's like, you, you found a way to keep going in, in, in ways that not many people that I know have, you're constantly growing and evolving and you're, 
you're like constantly reinventing yourself and somehow taking people on that journey with you, like through, through, through all of your work and the things that you do, how do you keep growing and changing and evolving like you do? What is it? <laughs> well, think about like, like the people you know who are humble, they would never say, you know, like I said, just, I've always been humble. They would never say that. They just are. Or think about the, the friends we all have that are the most generous friends. They would never talk about being generous. Or you think about like the person who rushes into a burning building and carries people out when they're interviewed on the sidewalk. Why did you do this courageous thing? They don't call it courage. They're like, I just did what anybody would have done. So what's fascinating is actual embodiment of something leaves behind the need to name it. So actual incarnation, I mean, you think about in, in the Jesus lineage, we come out of the word becomes flesh. So the movement is into an incarnation. It takes on flesh and blood. So like, I don't, I don't actually think about changing <laughs> or, or growing really. Um, like I don't like, I got to grow. Well, you're already hosed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, right. So one way to think about it would be we were all taught in science class Newtonian mechanical physics. An object in motion stays in motion unless acted on by an outside force. We could all repeat that there are rules about how the universe works. And mechanical physics was like A plus B equals C. So if you want to know how fast an apple falls from a tree, we can actually measure that because there are these rules that govern how things work. And that's really important for building airplanes and throwing a baseball and the braking system on your car. That's true. But we also, over the past 100 years, 130 years, have had this explosion of insight into quantum physics, which was taking apart atoms and everything's made of atoms and atoms are made of subatomic particles and subatomic particles are essentially bits and pieces of energy in relationship. So you can see the tension here is so many people were trained and conditioned in a world that gave them a static view of the universe. Right. It's just mm -hmm. here. It's just stuff, objects, rocks, trees, frogs, bodies, houses, cars, cement. It's just this static set thing. But actually, it's all energy in relationship. And if you take a picture of an atom, and then you take a picture of the same atom a second later, that atom will look vastly different. Mm. So you can see this tension between mechanical physics and quantum physics. Yeah. So you can see people who are like, I just want things to stay the way they are. Nothing right. stays yeah. the way it is. Or you think about our universe has been expanding. It's about 13.8 billion years old, and it has been expanding for 13.8 billion years. And it expands in some very particular directions. It increases in complexity. New forms arise that the universe hasn't seen before that are old forms added together, which creates new forms. So when you think about change, the idea that somebody could not change is actually the strange idea. Mm. Like not evolving would be to be out of alignment 
with what the whole thing has been doing for billions of years. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so but what's interesting is if you think about like what's going on in the world right now, like how many times have you heard people say like, I just, I'm ready for things to go back to the way that they were. It's not even like they don't, <laughs> it's not even like talking about change. It's like, they want to actually rewind. You know what I mean? Yes, so, yes, so, yes. So you can see energetically the universe only knows how to unfold and expand. So the desire to go back makes perfect sense because the mind loves familiarity. It loves stability. It loves pattern recognition, but spirit only knows new. Hmm. So infinite unbounded spirit enters into forms and those forms are always new and new all new creation is always fundamentally disruptive because there's always a current arrangement yeah so spirit entering into form is the story of the universe it's the story of each of us and spirit never stops inviting us into new expressions new forms uh i love i mean i you were i would argue the the story of the bible is new creation that's Mm. that's it's the game we're playing here. Yeah. yeah. And that new creation will always be fundamentally disruptive and thrillingly life-giving. It's just the way that works. And generally, there's somebody somewhere who has a vested interest in the current arrangement staying the way it is. Generally, yeah. somebody gets a paycheck from it, gets rewards and punishment. I mean, there's always a system. Yeah. So, it's yeah. so actually, one of the things, Jen, about what you just said is, these are actually ancient patterns about how it works. And for a lot of people, how it actually works, they, they have been cut off from these ancient wisdom traditions. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what appears to people to be foreign or strange is simply their lack of familiarity with wisdom traditions. Yeah. It, and we've been, yeah, totally. It's like we've been we've been talking a lot about how it's almost like we can tell when we're in the flow of like like the spirit or whatever you want to call it when we're feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> There's like this amount of it's a little bit of uncomfortable because it's it's oh for sure moving yeah. forward, you know. So and anyway. so what you're doing and so so what happens then is you become highly attuned to the story that you're telling about it because you get to decide the story that you're telling about it. And so what you're doing is learning to spot, Oh, I see what's happening here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Little discomfort, little disruption. We're being invited to something new. Something new is asking for expression. So Phil asking about how change works. Anybody listening to your podcast who had that question, I would ask them questions about their life. I would ask them questions about listening to their life. Where are you restless? What do you want? What feels aligned? I would just keep throwing images and words against the wall until one of them, where's the ache? Mm. Where's the sense that this isn't working? Where is the desire? What is the thing you actually want that we just need to write you a little permission slip so that you could give expression to it? And, and in my experience, just a few questions 
that create a space where somebody can listen to their life and their life is always talking. Anxiety is a huge one that most people see as something to be eliminated. How do I get rid of this anxiety as opposed to the anxiety is the truth. It's here to tell you something. Hmm. So lots of ways that people are being invited to expand, grow, to move into greater joy, peace, love. People are actually numbing themselves to and eliminating. And we have a thousand numbing and elimination devices. Yes, we do. Because the system inoculated and conditioned them at a young age that disruption is not your friend. When in fact, disruption is how it works. And you can even rename disruption as the invitation continues. Hmm. (laughs) Look at this. Look where we're headed now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so so most people, well, in, in my experience, every there's always something. There's always some invitation lurking in there somewhere. Always. And it's just a matter of we got to pull things off the shoulder um, to give some permission and we'll find it. Yeah. So it sounds like for you. your own process is just being comfortable with yourself and the way things actually really are just living into it. Absolutely. Like, uh, you know, our, our two sons have moved out in the past year. So that's like a whole new, like, like that Preston used to live in that room. Yeah. And that, and by the way, if you're listening on audio, I'm just showing. (laughs) There's like this room in the back house next to the room I'm in, which is where Preston used to live. And now he doesn't live there anymore. So like I get a lump in my throat just mm. looking at that room. Yeah. And so. That gives me a lump in my throat. Yeah. Like my, my buddy used to be here every day. Yeah. We'd see each other. Now I don't see him every day. And we're launching some rockets here. And so you want to give them all the support and love and resource, whatever they need. And they have to actually figure it out themselves so like how do you change you pay attention to what's happening in your life and you note oh okay just back up a little bit there Hmm. let them just let them do that yeah step in a little bit like you're just you're always learning there's always some new thing that you're Hmm. being invited to trust that one's a big one that's a big that's a big invitation right there yeah that's actually what's in for a lot of people if they could move from seeing their kids as people to be raised and they could move to seeing their kids as their teachers, they'd be a lot happier. Just all this stuff about trying to shape your kid and change your kid, forget it. Just your kid's your teacher. (laughs) Whatever's going on with your kid, just see it as your kid came to teach you. Roles and souls. There's a biological role. You made this person, but there's also souls who happen to show up on this planet around the same time um, and let them teach you. <laughs> and and the, you'll never stop having fascinating lessons. <laughs> right. And they will teach you. And yes. they're, all, they're their own little unique little souls. It's so amazing. I mean, they're, yeah. <laughs> they just come out so yeah. differently, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. Hmm. Yeah, you, you have a unique ability to... Um, like in real time, constantly, gosh, I don't, I don't even have the language for it. You, 
you had like a, you can open up your own inner life and explore it in yeah. like really profound ways, but in real time while it's happening. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, there's the person who says, I am angry. So anger is, is the entire windshield. I am angry. So don't talk to me right now, I am angry. So, and that's a very real, obviously human experience. Nevertheless, I am angry, I am sad, I am happy the self and the current temporary emotion state sense perception are melded into one. There is only the anger. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then there is the thing that happens when the person says not, I am angry, but Oh, look, anger. So there is the, the move when the person becomes the observer of the anger, the anger is still real. They still feel the anger, but they are actually able to see the anger. And they are actually able to place the anger as something that arises within the self and then it passes. So take financial stress. For many people, I have financial stress. It becomes the all-encompassing, it's everything. Yeah. Then there is the move to, oh, look, financial stress. Whatever this financial stress is, it's temporary. Mm. When you are seven, you are not complaining about interest rates. <laughs> okay, so, so there is a self within which senses, perceptions, feelings, emotions, and events are actually arising. Yeah. And like lots of people only rarely ever get beyond I am angry. I am happy. I am thinking positive. I am thinking negative. Every major spiritual wisdom tradition is about learning to ground yourself in the self who can witness and observe all of this happening which we call the human experience yeah then thirdly there is the you that can observe you Steve. observing yeah, the yeah. anger the yeah, stress yeah. <laughs> now what's fascinating is the one doing the observer the observer the one doing the scene the self that is doing the scene can never be seen so right there is an infinite, unbounded, indestructible self within which all of these experiences are actually happening. But that self, if you feel, you feel vulnerability, that self is not vulnerable, it's indestructible. It's even outside of time. That's the one that goes, oh, notice how time flies. Well, who's noticing that time flies? The one that notices time flies, time is not flying because time isn't even relevant for the <laughs> observer. Are you with me now? <laughs> Now, <laughs> I think we're in an astral plane right now. This self, this deep genness fillness that is the infinite, unbounded, indestructible, is also called the Christ. So when Christ says, I am in you and you are in me, the Christ tradition is about even life itself being an appearance within the self. So, like when the Apostle Paul says, if this body, if this tent is destroyed, well, then you get a heavenly tent. He's literally placing the self as there is this life and then there is the next one. They come and go. These lives, they come and go. Yeah. So you can see how for so many people, the grasping and clinging to the feeling, the sense, the perception, I'm happy, I'm sad, um, is the only game they're aware of. Yeah. Yeah. And the invitation has always been to be more and more grounded in the self that 
still is happy and angry and sad and feels it all. You, yeah, you, you, and yet you also are able to see it as look at us. So every step back, the, the second self observing the self, the third self, the fourth self, the more you step back, the more you, um, the better you get at laughing, <laughs> which is why you think about the sages, the mystics, all the wise ones always have a little wink. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like, yeah, we're good. Mm. We're good. There's never, ever been anyone who went on a great spiritual quest, climbed up the mountain, met all the gurus and came back down to the village and said, I finally found the answer. We're all screwed. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one ever. It's true. No, it's a really good point, actually. They only ever return to tell you, ah, oh, it's all, we're good. Gonna be okay. It's all love. This morning, we were just talking about this today. I don't remember. We were talking to Dr. B. He gave you a line and you're like, like when something happens and then you're I was talking to Dr. B this morning. <laughs> um, I don't remember. It Dang so it. Good. I'm sorry. I lost it Did already. It somewhere. Wow. It was good. Sorry, Dr. B. It was really good. I think Jen remembers it better than you and you were there. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So that's what, that's when you talk about real time. You're just, we're learning how to be fully present in this moment mm-hmm. and all that's happening. It's like you're, you're the experience and you're in the experience and you're also the drone shot yeah. above. <laughs> it's interesting how that really does take the, it yes. does take the anxiety out of it. Yes. Yes. It really does. And it brings a perspective like you said, like this is going to pass even whatever the anxiety, the right, never right, feeling right finances, right. whatever that thing is. Oh, I'm feeling like whatever this feeling is. It's like somehow observing it and stepping back from it. It does somehow take the power out of it. It's wild. I, the, mo- um, like this, this tour that I did last, last year, I would begin the show by invite, asking if anybody in the audience was sad and just bringing somebody up who's sad yeah, yeah. and having them tell me about their sadness. And I never, ever do anything about their sadness other than I ask them a series of questions and we just observe their sadness. And the person always, always, this is on a stage with a microphone. Like they had no idea that they were gonna be on stage within two minutes of the start of the show. The person always visibly relaxes on stage in front of a crowd of people in whatever city we're in. But you're and, giving witness, you know, to and their- so what's fascinating at the end is I, I just say, so, so, and then I do a bit, a bit on all this. And then I just ask, so how, how are we doing now? And the person always what's so fascinating is they always say out loud something about the nature of observing the sadness. It does not make it go away. And yet they experience some sort of release of pressure. So, yeah, and obviously, historically, the word for this is meditation. Right. Most people hear the word meditation and think, God, my thoughts drive me crazy. It's the most boring thing. It's like, no, it's the most interesting thing ever. Mm-hmm. You're just learning. You're like learning how to see it all come and go. So then it's no longer, so even by grounded and centered, then you're no longer your identity, your validation, your worth, your sanity aren't coming and going. 
Mm-hmm. You're just letting it look at that thought. That is the weirdest thought ever. What was I? You're just observing yeah. it. It's just letting it be what just let it all come up. It's fine. There's a there's a you, there's a Christ within you that goes on. Indestructible. Death itself isn't even that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. But the I so the irony or the I don't know what like the the key to growth is actually to just be really really comfortable in the present moment where you are and learn how to see really really well and that's the very thing that allows you to keep growing that's 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 wild right you're like learning to pay attention Hmm. yeah you're learning yeah you're learning to listen to your life and there'll always be something to follow always what is that why is that person oh here's an example why does that person have the supernatural ability to get under my skin God, I am still thinking, they hide knives in their words. It's been three days and I'm still replaying that thing they said to me that I realized now was a dig, but I didn't realize it at the time. That thing is lodged in my frontal cortex like a Taylor Swift melody. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's, there you go. Okay, let's follow it. What is it about that person? Yeah. What is it? What is it? Why, why are they able, even there, just follow it. Inevitably, Oh, they threaten my, oh, because they bring up, oh, because so literally everything becomes your teacher. It doesn't mean you aren't annoyed. It doesn't mean you aren't irritated. It doesn't mean there isn't massive racism, inequality, injustice, that, that climate change. Like you are not in any way, you're actually able for the first time to actually deal with the pain of life because you can actually, you, you don't need to numb or deny. Mm. Yeah. So that's how, yeah. And then you wake up and realize, oh, wow. I'm not who I was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can see that looking, you can look back and see that, right? Like, yeah. I love all the earlier Robs. Yeah. This is actually the problem with cancel culture. It doesn't yeah. know what to do with personal evolution. Right. Hmm. So you are your tweets from eight years ago, right. which might be really crass and offensive and racist, fine. But uh, it, it actually collapses in on itself because its goodness is it goes out hunting for the injustice, the inequality, the degradation, the exclusion, the marginalization. But it also, in all of that goodness, often trips itself up because it doesn't know how to let people actually evolve. And right. often sometimes when you see the most zealot warrior on this front, they, they don't know what to do with their earlier selves. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. So their own shame and embarrassment about who they were. So you have to love all the earlier use. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you aren't like, Oh God, I was an idiot. Oh God. I just spouted off. Oh man. I would doesn't mean, but part of it is you have to love all those earlier use. Yeah. You were finding your way. That's hard to do. I'll often, you guys might find this interesting. I'll often have somebody say to me that they were in a cult. They're like, I was in a cult and now I'm not. And they, they, they ha- have a need to say this. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And there's often uh, tinges of shame and embarrassment. But, I'll, but what's so, so interesting to me is Once again, going back to listening to your life, I'll often ask them, did you grow up in this cult? Yeah. 
So the whole ex, the people who fed you and clothed you and literally nursed you also told you a bunch of these things about how the world is that turns out aren't true. Yes. And I assume that cult had to have some rigid rewards, punishment, belonging, shame. It, the, you're, the entire, this entire framework and world was structured around keeping you in this thing, keeping you in line, rewarding you in all the right ways, honoring you so that, yeah. And what's always interesting is when you ask the person, but something within you knew something about this was off. So an entire external world of yeah. reward and belonging and something within you was like, I'm going to leave. <laughs> and, and when I asked the person and you trusted yeah. that deep knowing when all the voices around you and on your shoulder were like a megaphone in your ear, I did. So you see how fascinating, like, wow. Yeah. That's, you, I mean, that's powerful. You have a deep knowing and a fierce loyalty to that deep knowing talk about a sense of self yeah yeah so you can see oftentimes a person is telling a story they have chosen to tell a story about that past you can tell another story with those exact facts that i would argue is a much more compelling beautiful fascinating story what is it that human beings can know something so deep within themselves that they'll go against everything in their external environment because of some sense of truth, dignity, uh, beauty. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that fascinating? It's, yes. That is fascinating. And uh, sorry. maybe I'll go ahead. Um, it's interesting because I know you, you have met with so many people. You're doing sessions, you're doing your tour, and you talk with so many people. And do you find on the converse, like that's to me, almost that's, that's such a brave person right there. But do you find that people have that knowing, but then get to a place where they can't like, do you talk with oh, people who are stuck, you know? Oh, like, oh my goodness. Okay. Think about, think about what is it? The year 400, about 1600 years ago, this idea called original sin makes its way into Western culture. And I would say it's a religious idea, but it's, it's at some level, it has, it's so deep in the culture. Yeah. yeah. But original sin, what it does is it teaches you that that which was deepest within you is off, yeah. is wrong, cannot be trusted. Come on now. So, and think about the political dimensions of original sin. The masses are much easier to control if they believe that that which is deepest within them can't be trusted. But if the masses believe that that which is deepest within them is good, well, then they'll just certain things be like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> right. So you can right. see how this doctrine actually had massive political implications. And this is right around the time the emperor realizes, hey, that, that Jesus thing in the cross, I could use that to help defeat my enemies and unite my kingdom. So this thing together, yeah. We're probably, yeah, we're roughly 1600 years of this sort of in the water supply that that which is deeper than you can't be trusted when like in the hebrew tradition now you, you first and foremost bear the divine the image of the divine you're that which is deeper than you is good yeah. blessed you belong 
so so that's in some ways you can see this moment that we're in especially all the women who were raised in environments that were like we got this trust us we got this and deep within her was like her deep knowing was like no i don't think this thing is sustainable i don't think this thing is even good i don't think this thing is headed in a good i think this thing is gonna go off a cliff and then it did go off a cliff and then it turns out it wasn't sustainable then the earth really is in trouble and you can see this giant rising up uh, words like intuition deep knowing yeah um traditions where they begin with the self and what the self knows and assuming that that's divine at some level um so that's you that that's actually you can see that what's happening especially with how many things education politics business how many institutions are wobbling to say the least yeah you can see this great Uh resurgence of wait a second i i knew that the whole time yeah so one of the things for people is to learning to listen is there's often a a deep knowing but it's often got so many layers stacked on top of it even the number of people who know who they have I, I call it the thread it is it is when they were most alive it is their gift it is their it is who they are it's what they lean towards what they're pulled into it's what they love to do it's when they do that they feel most alive and how many people that the world they came from didn't that's not a thing can't make money doing that yeah um at cast doubt upon their own deep knowing of who they are and what gift they're here to give yeah yeah so you have to go back there and go even earlier Mm. how would you so if someone was stuck and they they feel like they are they have a deep knowing, but they're stuck like it, like in a system that isn't working for them anymore, or um, they're almost like scared to take a step. Like, how would you encourage them to unravel that or to pull those layers apart in order to be freed up to be able to take a step? Does that make sense? Mm, I'd find out if they want to first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't waste my time or theirs. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so. Isn't that interesting though? Uh, yeah, generally you have to be in enough pain. Huh. Otherwise we're just messing around here. Huh. And you can smell it right away. You can, you can, you can just smell it. Nah, they're still, they're fine. They're, this, this thing still works for them. So, you, what, so your question, um, the person, they have to be like, oh no, I don't want to do this. There has to be some desire, some otherwise they'll now nah, they, they still like it they still it still works for them at some level you can't take people where they don't want to go yeah mm. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yes yep <laughs> but if they're like no no seriously this is driving me crazy i'm like dying here oh okay good and oftentimes people shift to language of imagery the, the language tends to get more poetic i'm dying here i'm suffocating um, i feel like my soul is strangling generally people shift from literal to much more metaphoric language i feel like i'm going off a cliff i feel like i'm buried in five feet of dirt i feel like i'm um and then you know oh yeah yeah okay got it so then i just start asking what is it what do you and um yeah so what do you want there's always a next step always i've never ever ever 
seeing someone who did, there wasn't some next step they could actually do. And most people are amazed of the elegance and simplicity of whatever the next step is. Oh, so you want to go back to school? Oh, so you need to stop going to those whatever meetings things. Or here's an interesting one. Um, anytime someone talks about extended family and how difficult, I've never ever said to somebody, how long can you stay at Thanksgiving before if you stay longer, you'll spend the next week flushing out the toxins. I've, I've never ever had somebody not be able to name. Well, the time. Yeah, the, like, name the time. People five are like, hours oh, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. Ten minutes. Well. <laughs> um, so uh, what's really interesting is, um, and and how many times somebody has brought a giant hairball of tension and ambiguity, and then um, you start asking questions to particularize it. So you, you there's a giant hairball of anxiety, questions, pressure, stuckness. The first thing is to start asking questions to to pull it down in the particular. When do you feel the stuckness? Give me just one scene when I'm in this. Okay, great. Let's go with that. Because everything, the universal is always hiding in the particular. Yeah. So mm -hmm. just give me one exchange you had with somebody over the past month where fill in the blank, whatever they, okay. And then you just start asking, so what was it? What did it feel like? What did they say? What did it, and everything will always be in that one scene. It's fascinating how it works. That is wild. Yes. Yeah. 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 Generally, there's somebody on the person's shoulder. So somebody somewhere told them that's not legit. That's not something that you could pull off. Uh, you can never pay the bills doing they, somebody generally is on their shoulder. So we have to find out, find out who that is and, and pull that person off. Um, <laughs> you, they, that. So going back to your original question, listening to your own life, generally the first thing is there's a bunch of voices we got to get off the shoulder. And then we'll, then we'll bring back in voices because there's all, there is collective wisdom. There's the village elder. There are people who can walk with you, yeah. but first we got to get all those voices off the shoulder so we can, and then we'll pull back in whoever we need. But, but most people have a bunch of voices on their shoulder that, so they can't hear their um, dear Nelly. Yeah. I had a, um, a British professor at seminary and he would always say, He's like, we're always doing theology with the Germans looking over our shoulder. He's always like stressed out about the German <laughs> theologians. And then right, who were so like precise and used all those big words. Right. And then I remember going on a sabbatical 2016 and coming home and and like my bookshelves were behind my desk and literally going, there's like 20% of the books I pulled off and had to get rid of because I felt like they were looking over my shoulder. Oh, oh absolutely generally you have to take someone off your shoulder and disappoint them i mean think about the two of you think about the work that you are doing how you always have to go back to how do we do it yep yeah okay so we studied we went on the internet we saw how this person structures at that part okay so how how do we want to do this how many how many seasons we want to do what episodes we want to do how much when are we going to do our next thing how much are we going to charge where is it going to be what are we going to teach like yeah and you so for you all, you came from a world that handed you a lot of it, and then you could like make tweaks within it. Um, so everybody wants to be free, but then freedom means it always invites you into greater listening to your deep knowing. 
mm-hmm. yeah. which always means there's a new layer of fear to work through yeah. because where you're coming from was like, well, this is how it's done. Right. Yeah. And when that form setup structure becomes confining, spirit invites to move and to the next one. It generally most movements forward involve a greater trust in your own deep knowing and um, gratitude for where you've been, but this is how it works going forward. Yeah. And we were talking about, we were just recently talking about um, how that is requiring, I'm noticing it's requiring more, um, not just quiet and stillness, but almost like not engaging too many voices right now in this season in order to be able to listen. It's just, it's, yeah, it's almost like a requiring a different kind of discipline, you know? Yeah. I uh, call it intentional ignorance. Yeah. I'm, I'm intentionally just ignorant. And I say it like that. Cause it's it just <laughs> those two words together make me laugh, but do, I yeah. don't right now, right here for this. I don't need other, but there's a time and a place for other voices yeah. Yeah. right now. I actually, need the space to listen and to what arises and there are other times and seasons and chapters when i'll check in on other but yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i don't that 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 clutters it those voices right over there Mm -mm, not right now yeah 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 and i think we're like conditioned to do it too you know like whole people you know what i mean oh my goodness what do you think what oh my goodness think? right 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 yeah so so there's an intentional ignorance ignorance and then there is oh like when we were surfing at trails whatever it was a month ago and then i told you about that audiobook yeah that's like intentional polling yeah intentional ignorance followed by intentional polling <laughs> i like ran by a couple of the ideas with you all and that was me going I think this works. I think this, I think this is something, I think this works bouncing it off you all and watching your, your response. Yeah. Yeah. And that helped. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to listen. So yeah, there's like these rhythms between the, the space and the silence and the listening, and then you hear something and then perhaps you bounce it off somebody you, you, you bring in their wisdom and you return back to this place. Yep. Okay, you recently said you don't have dreams. <laughs> you only have next steps. Explain that. I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about sleeping. Oh, in yeah. I don't know. Maybe you don't. Where was I? Oh, I was in Denver last fall, and a guy was talking about his dream, asked about his dreams. You mean like aspirations? Or you mean like dreams? Well, I, well what's interesting is this guy was asking about his dream. You know, like I have had this dream. But you could you could see the energetic imprint of that word for him, and I was like, "Hold on, hold on. What is the physical posture of that word dream for you?" And he literally reached forward, like trying to reach something that he couldn't. Whoa! Yeah, and I said, "Notice how that dream for you keeps it impossible. It keeps it out of reach." Right. It, and uh, so so that that word is fine. But it also, for lots of people, it's a way of keeping it impossible and unrealistic. And so life becomes, I'm here, and there's some goodness there that I can never arrive at, attain, experience. And so 
what is it about the dream that lights you up? And it's actually a question about creation because the dream then to have the view of something that you could never have, that's not heaven, that's hell. That's being a perpetual separation. Right. Yeah, so immediately want to know what is it about whatever that is that draws you to it? Okay, well, then let's assume that goodness can be yours. Let's like have a more full view of creation. So let's, let's like maybe back away from that word and start, what do you want to do next? Well, I could never afford that. Well, what is the thing below the thing? Mm. Yeah. Like what is, what is the thing underneath that dream? And what you often find is the person's like, I just want to live in Hawaii. Hold on, hold on. It's not actually about Hawaii or the mansion or the jet or whatever. You know what I mean? Those are always sort of cartoons. Yeah. It's actually all, uh, generally there's something much more significant. Like uh, I'm, I feel like I was born to be a teacher and I just want to teach. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so we could actually take steps towards that. Right. So what I've just noticed is how many people use the word dream and spoke of it as something not attainable and a story they were telling. And when you just poked it a little bit and just asked a bunch of questions quickly, it was like, oh, well, that thing, you could actually go do that. You're right. Yes, I could. <laughs> That's why I'm always just much more interested in. Yeah. 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 You're waiting for your ship to, you know, you want your ship to come in. Well, you, well, you could build a dock. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like this. It's such a loaded word, you know. I could, I could, yeah. it could keep you at a distance from actually doing anything, you know, or right, take, right, right. So, a step at least. So, you know? going back to whatever your original question, oftentimes whole worlds are hanging out in words. Yeah. Which is why we were talking about that word dream is what, what, what begins as you begin to listen, as you get better at listening to your own life, you'll begin to pick up. And you begin become a, a better observer, a witness to your own life. You begin to pick up in others and yourself how these all these all kinds of words. Words contain all kinds of worlds. So, so for example, think about the the energy of the word "supposed to," the phrase "supposed to," <laughs> or or um, think. Notice how your nervous system hears this word "should." Just like cringy. Right. So you'll notice somebody who feels stuck and wants to feel unstuck. You know, you know, you know, I, I obviously I'm, I should be da, 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 da. Well, stop, stop, stop. Should implies there's some, somebody somewhere running the show that you report to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So quickly we have to determine whose rules they're living according to. Yeah. yeah. So this is one of the things that happens. So one of the main ways that a person changes is you, you start paying attention to these worlds that are hanging out in the words you're using and you start using different words yeah. or you begin to notice the energies underneath these words. And so you use them differently. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll notice sometimes, Oh, dreams are awesome. Cause we always say, yeah, I have all these dreams. Great. Great. Fine. Although it just sounds like it's a way of keeping your life way up ahead and not in the present moment <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. so you're just getting better at picking up all that hmm. isn't that fascinating how that works yeah. yeah it is and it's interesting even the ways i mean we've been 
I think kind of being more serious about our words around here and the way that we are framing things and talking about things yes. and calling each other on, no, it's actually not that way, it's this way. And then it yes. just shifts the whole- Shifts thing. everything. Yes. It's shifts kind of like the, 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 kind of like the getting away from it, looking down on it, same idea, but yeah. Um, but it it's, they have, words have power, you know? Oh, and well, yeah. The great, great <laughs> Abraham Heschel has this great line, words create worlds. Yeah which is fascinating because you think about the Genesis poem in the Hebrew tradition, the creation of the world is through words. Yeah, everything. So, so a word and the tone of, but it's the framing of all, I mean, words are just massive. Yeah. And, and I think you're, we're going to see people, this will be a thing at some point, framing language. Mm. Uh, we're still a few years out, but at some point, my bet is that there's going to be this explosion of awareness about how words are creating the world hmm. and people are, are going to become aware of the stories that we're telling and the stories that they're telling themselves shape things in so many mind blowing ways. Yeah. Like even the two of you, like how, how you are catching yourselves personally and then each other, like, wait, 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 got to be some better way to say that and yeah. then you discover how much it actually changes things going forward it's incredible yeah, yeah. you called us on that a few times in the beginning when we <laughs> you actually said one, all, um no. no one point y'all that's a crap story like, okay <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you're right, right. <laughs> yes, no. um okay we're, we're bringing it in for landing here but um are we yeah i just want to be you've got a couple more let's go all right all right what are, what are some ways that you are seeing people make beautiful change in the world right now? Cause I mean, you know, things are weird out there, but I know you are seeing some good too. What do you, what good are you seeing? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, the number of people who were trained to do something. So they went out and did it and they've been doing it for a while, but they begin to notice like, whatever area they're in, whatever organization, business, whatever it is, they've been doing it how they were taught, but they've begun to like see, oh, actually the world has shifted a bit here. So I know we've been doing it this way, but I actually think we could tweak it a little bit here. And we don't need to leave that. We can leave that behind and we can. Mm. And, and so they're beginning to see like, this could be done better. Mm-hmm. And it involves some of how they were taught to do it. They're also noticing that this person over here doing something very different. There's actually a piece of that that, that we could use. And then they read this and saw this and experienced this. So there's something about what they're seeing that they haven't seen anybody do it that way. But they have like this hunch. They have this conviction that if they could duct tape together the best of the thing that they've been in, a little bit from here, a little bit from there, a little bit from there. Yeah. And the things that they're drawing from, they're in the field of education, psychology, medicine, insurance, but something about furniture design or that scene in that movie or that statistics thing that they read in the New York Times. So what they're noticing is they're drawing from areas way outside of the way they were taught to do it 
Mm. Um, and so they're like duct taping together. Um, so uh, like a guy who started this company that mails people that like a mail order for plants and people should have more plants in their homes. And I mean, a, a woman working with whole new ways to think about homelessness in Fresno and Tampa and mm. this British doctor who noticed how many doctors in the NHS in England are burned out. Mm. She was like, there's got to be some way to rethink what it means to be a doctor in the NHS in England. And so she's created like a hub to share, like, how do you live in a sustainable way so that you actually love being a doctor? Cause so, 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 oh yeah, yeah. All over the place. Just great exploration involving lots of duct tape and people going, I swear this could really help people. Mm. And then just trusting that and all the usual things about, People telling them, no, that is not, but they're like, no, 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 I think this would. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, the giant gift of the pandemic for so many people was just to take the setup and the forms less seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Like people just get addicted to, not addicted, I don't know what the word is, grasping and clinging to this arrangement, this setup, this job, this house, this, and what we've always known but the pandemic was like a crash course for lots of people in hey turns out you can live in lots of places you can send your kids to lots of different schools you can pay the bills lots of different ways mm -hmm. you could all this thing like you've been doing this thing you kind of hate because hey it takes care of us but then it went away and everybody's fine so maybe you should just figure out the thing you're here to do that you love massive yeah, so that thing we're only scratching the surface of where that's going to go. Yeah, people are I feel like some people are just kind of hitting that. Yeah. I feel like things I've been talking about for 20 years <laughs> are suddenly massive number of people are going, yeah. Uh-huh. It's true. Actually. Oh, yeah, so many <laughs> things I'm talking about people are like, what? Like I would for years I'd be like you could just leave your you could quit your job. You don't have to you, look at you like you're going to be fine. What? Now mm. people <laughs> turns out people did <laughs> no problem these days yeah. that's why i always laugh when you're like this is going to be a thing one day because it turns yeah. out <laughs> that one is a thing now yeah 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 uh, yeah what are you most excited about right now oh i just love my life uh, lots of things. Kristen and I have so much fun together. Hmm. So more than ever, this, I mean, this new chapter with the boys moved out and it's us and Violet who's 12. Yeah. So seeing who Violet is, is so interesting. It's just so so much fun and interesting and yeah i'm writing this book right now that's really doing something to me and hmm. uh yeah there's always there's always some ideas i mean there's this notebook right here that has like what is in here <laughs> oh yeah yeah there's these like 
just the next things I'll I'll talk about. Um, I have this new thing called "Find Me a Straight River," about how nothing in creation is a straight line. Creation has no straight lines. The only straight line is the horizon, which is formed by a circular planet. Indeed. <laughs> so everybody who's like doesn't understand why their life just didn't head in a particular like, why is this difficult? Why does it keep twisting and turning? Nothing in nature just goes there directly, pretty much. It's always twists and turns. So that'll become a thing. Yeah, there's always something I'm cooking on. It's always a bunch of them. Yep. Yep. All right. It's so good talking to you guys. So oh, yeah, you have one more? Jen, you have one? No, no. I think that's the final a... question. It's the final okay, question. Okay. Yes, Jen has something. Jen has something. All right. What's <laughs> one? We've been asking, we've been asking everybody this question. So what's one? practical thing especially if you think about all the change that everybody's in right now changes people are making in their lives what's one practical thing that you would leave the listeners with that as they are evolving growing changing or in the midst of change what's one thing that you would encourage people in like practical thing that they could do but is it maybe you've already said it Oh, oh yeah. I, I would get a notebook and at the end of the day, spend 30 seconds, maybe a minute and just note all that went on inside of you in the day and notice, just note it. Anger, rage, joy, euphoria, frustration. I laughed and laughed and laughed till I peed my pants. I don't know what is going on with that. Like just a stream, just a stream. Just notice all the stuff. And notice how unbelievably weird and heartbreaking and fascinating and wondrous your life is. Mm -hmm. That there's this whole world. The bush is always burning. We're always passing burning bushes. There's this whole world within us. It's just so unbelievably fascinating. Mm. And it's just easy to skim right over the surface of it. Yeah. And what everybody actually wants is wonder and awe about their own existence. When people want money and they want to be successful and they want to be noticed and they want, yeah, 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 yeah. That's boring. What you actually want is a sense of wonder and awe about your own existence. You want to wake up in the morning like, what a thing to be me. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Uh, yeah, the great poet Rilke said, to be here is glorious. <laughs> that is how Carter, yeah. our youngest, wakes up every morning. He yeah. kicks our door open and yells, I'm awake. He's ready to go. Yeah. So my experience and what I've seen for so many people is there's a there's a a, a return which is forward into a sort of inner innocence and tenderness about your life. No matter how many times you've been, you know, shot at <laughs> or snipers on every roof. It's actually what is. So I think there's going to be a comeback of words. You're going to, have to see a comeback of words like earnest mm. and sincere. We did irony. We did sarcasm. We did cynicism. We did all that. It's fine as it's place, but there's you doing what you do, loving it, <laughs> rearranging it here and there where it's more alignment. Yeah. There's actually an elegance and simplicity to this. 
and we've been so overwhelmed with the complexity, but that's, yeah, that's mm. what, yeah, but note, note, note your day, just all the stuff without, get rid of your edit button, just mm. note everything, and then notice over the course of a week, what a fascinating, and then at the end of the week, ask, who's doing the noticing? <laughs> that's the exercise. Who's doing the noticing? There's some me, there's some me that isn't thrown all over and up and down and this way and that way. There's some me that's just, and that is the perfect piece. That's actually the perfect piece is it's the one who is present to all of it, but not it. It happens within you. Yeah. Love it. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. So fun. This is so Wasn't fun. That, that was good times right there talking to you guys. Yeah. I do feel like we're missing out because we didn't have Kristen. So, you know. You can make your case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all know. Yes. The mm -hmm. Kristen wisdom bombs. I <laughs> am the opening band. <laughs> very, very happy to be the opening band. Uh, <laughs> thanks so it, much. Man. Thanks for joining us. Love you guys. It's great. Talk soon. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website, philandjenwood.com, to register for upcoming experiences and to see what else is going on. And if you enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. You can even leave a review. Keep going. See you next time.